This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ. Our scripture reading today is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, and we're having a very brief series of meditations on the prayers of the Apostle Paul. So let's listen to the Word of God together, which you can find on the bottom of page 3. Listen to the Word of the Lord. Paul writes, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy, because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's all say thanks be to God. I want to speak with you briefly this afternoon about the unfinished work of Christ. The unfinished work of Christ. And we're used to hearing, I hope, about the finished work of Christ, his once-for-all sacrifice for our sins on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead to give us new life. And that work of Christ is finished and never to be repeated. And we can look to the past and see the ground of our salvation and what Jesus has done and finished for us. The great Swiss theologian Karl Barth, no relation, was once asked, Professor Barth, when were you saved? And he said, I was saved 2,000 years ago on Calvary. So we are saved past tense. But the New Testament also speaks of us being saved in the present tense and of us that we will be saved in the future tense. These three tenses of salvation, past, present, and future. So there's this finished work of Christ, never to be repeated, but there's also an ongoing work of Christ that is not yet finished. It will be one day, but it's not yet finished. And I'm talking about a work of transformation in our hearts. When we believe in Jesus, we bow the knee to him as our king, and he gives us his Holy Spirit, and he begins changing who we are from the inside, transforming us into the very image of Jesus. The finished work of Christ is his righteousness for us, but the unfinished work of Christ is his righteousness within. One of the worship songs we sing, most of the words are, okay, I could take it or leave it, but I keep it for that one line in there that says, holiness is Christ in me. And I love those lines. Holiness is Christ in me. And he's actively at work in the heart of every disciple here, everyone who's following Jesus. There's something going on beneath the surface within us, a process of change and growth and irresistible life that is happening. And really, there is no real gospel apart from us actually being changed into the image of Christ. And if Christ just did stuff for us but does nothing within us, then we're left unchanged and still within the power 
of sin. The American philosopher Dallas Willard, Christian writer, used to complain about what he called barcode religion. You know, a barcode, a little label on a product or a package or a bottle with stripes of different widths, and when it goes over the laser eye of the barcode scanner, it, that eye is blind to all but the symbols and the number that is called up on that barcode scanner. And he said, many Christians, perhaps most Christians, think of the work of Jesus this way. I'm some product in the market, perhaps a bottle of toilet cleaner, and this label of Jesus is put over me. And so that when I'm scanned over the barcode, God doesn't look at what's inside of me. He just sees the Jesus label and goes, beep, Jesus. And a lot of Christians think that when it comes to the day of Christ, the day of judgment, that all God cares about is what's on the barcode. What's inside the bottle is of no interest to God. He only cares about what that barcode brings up. But that is not the gospel. The good news is much better and much more powerful than that because when God puts that label of the righteousness of Jesus on us as complete sinners when we come to him, something mysterious happens. By the power of the Holy Spirit, what's inside the bottle, what's inside the package, begins to change. We begin to be slowly transformed and we become more and more like Jesus till the day we stand before God. He doesn't even need to look at the label because he sees us, our very nature has been transformed so that we can be like Jesus. And this is what Paul is fervently, consistently, persistently praying for the Philippians, that they would actually be changed on the inside. That who God says over them on the outside would actually become the deepest reality of their hearts. Radical inward change. And it is radical at the beginning when we receive new life in Christ, but over time, that life begins to penetrate into every corner of our hearts, our mind, and our behavior so that we actually begin to look more and more like Christ. And it is striking in this prayer what Paul prays for. He's praying for an overwhelming, overflowing love for other people and increasing holiness before God. And I'm struck how others-oriented those two things are. This is not about a project of self-fulfillment and self-improvement so that I feel good about who I believe I ought to be. God is changing me so that I no longer worship myself, but I begin to live in Christ-like, sacrificial love for other people and in worship before God. And that is real transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this prayer is future-oriented. Paul is always leaning forward, stretching towards the goal of the day of Christ Jesus, when we are finally unveiled before God as who we were called to be all along. And we're promised that on that day when we are unveiled, we will be seen as a creation, as a miracle of the grace of God. And angels and archangels and the 24 elders and all those strange beasts in Revelation will fall back in awe at what God has made us to be. To be honest, I find that hard to imagine about myself. 
But that's what God promises is going to happen. We're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be different. We're going to be who God always meant us to be. And so when we read the New Testament, not just Paul, but the Gospels and the other writers, we ought to expect change in our own lives. We ought to expect growth in other people. And there's a very burdensome way to expect change from people. I expected you to be different. Why have you disappointed me so much? But it's not like that at all. It's an expectation that is a hope-filled confidence in God. And notice in this prayer, what grounds Paul's prayer is this confidence that the God who began a good work in us is the same one who's going to bring it to completion. It's not like God says, okay, here's this project. It's up to you now to finish. Good luck with that, because we know that we are going to fail. God himself is utterly committed to finishing what he has begun in our lives. And so we ought to take great courage and great confidence when we look at the very small beginnings we might think of the Spirit of God within our lives. And we all feel, I'm sure, that we have a long way to go. And there's still a lot of sin, and there's a lot of the flesh, and there's a lot of the old nature remaining. But there is an imperishable seed that God has placed within our hearts. And there is an indestructible life given to us by the Holy Spirit. And there is no force that can withstand that. Not sin, not Satan, not death itself. We will be changed by the power of God. I love how Paul talks in that closing verse about us being filled on that day with the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Because the righteousness we bring before God is not something that we've created ourselves. It's not a product of human effort and endeavor. It's something that Jesus will have worked deeply into our lives. It's his own righteousness, his own life, and his own holiness that the Holy Spirit is bringing deeply within our lives. And it's all to the, pra- to the, to the glory and the praise of God. This transformation ought to be the burden of our prayers for ourselves and for one another. Lord, change me. Lord, help me to grow. Help me to take another step today in following Jesus and in becoming more like him. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Change them also, God. May your Holy Spirit be at work in them also, making them more and more pleasing to you. So I really want to encourage you to take advantage of these little purple inserts in your uh, booklet here and begin to pray into these things. Perhaps the reason that we don't see the transformation we think we should be seeing in our lives is because we're not laying hold of that. As Paul will say later in Philippians, laying hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. There is a partnership in the gospel. There's a partnership in this work in a mysterious way. And one of the great ways in which we join God in his work in our lives is by seeking him in prayer. So let's begin by bowing our heads and praying. Heavenly Father, our confidence is not in ourselves, 
in our own commitment, our own faith, our own striving. Our confidence is in your powerful work in our lives. By the same power which raised Jesus from the dead, you have brought us into new life. And you are going to bring us to the end, blameless and without shame before you. And so, Lord, we open ourselves up and we plead with you, change us, transform us. You know the sins and the failures and the weakness in the hearts of each person here. And we don't just want to spend our lives moaning over those things, stuck in them, unable to proceed. We ask that by your power, you would make us more and more into men and women and children who actually look like Jesus, all to the praise and to the glory of your grace. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at ticf-georgia.org. Thanks for listening.